Hey, Eric. What's up, Chris? Have you heard of Patreon.com slash RetroAM? I have. Have you heard of the new feature on Patreon.com called Collections? No, what does that mean? Does that involve money? No. <laughs> Actually, it sounds like it does yeah, it sounds involve... Like, it sounds like someone you call to demand money. Yes, or the basket they pass around at church. That's right. Yes, Collections. No, if you go to Patreon.com slash RetroAM slash Collections, you can see the collected versions of our content. So you can see each one of the miniseries grouped together in a nice little uh, grid format. Not only the miniseries, but also the bonus series, which is totally separate. The bonus pods, you can, you know what, you know what, Eric, let's do this live on the podcast right okay. now. Okay. Let's go to, you can find the collections of our podcast recording streams. You can find collections of Xenogears, Time of the Bonus, the bonus series, Xenogears Perfect Works, Terra Enigma miniseries, Chrono Cross, Pods of Fate, Parasite Eve miniseries, Final Fantasy VIII pod compression bonus series, Star Ocean miniseries, Sweet Code and Pods of Destiny bonus series, and of course, the Panzer Dragoon miniseries. Also, you can find our, if you are a prospective patron, see what all we offer by going there. Now, would you like to hear some hot sounds out of recording? Retrogradeamnesia.com, obsolete. It works. Retrograde Amnesia Conference, a podcast discussing classic Japanese role-playing games, chapter by chapter, beat by beat. Welcome back to Season 5, Episode hmm, 14. We're covering Xenosaga, Episode 1. Der Wilsermach? My name is Chris. I'm joined by Eric. Hey, Eric. Hey, Chris. I'm sitting cross-legged today. First time ever. Hot new shit. New way to podcast. First time ever on the podcast or first time ever like in history? You of, make of that your up life. yourself. You decide if that's new for me or if it's new for you. All right, cool. As always, we are joined by the Real Neta Collective of patrons who are watching us and listening to us record live on a webcam somewhere in my basement. You two can do this at patreon.com slash retroam. We're also joined by the fake net, our post-production AI companion who activates all of my Catholic schoolboy memories in Blasphemous 2. Initializing fake net. The city of the blessed name is my hometown and the penitent one kneels before me. Ah, cool. You're enjoying Blasphemous 2, Eric? You think this has Catholic lore? In Xenosaga Man, Blasphemous 2 is rock-hard, fucking murder, blood and guts, super Spanish Catholic, gothic shit. There are no better Catholics than the Spanish. I agree, generally. In terms of, like, developing Catholic lore. The yeah. lore. The lore that we can use in our video games. We got an exchange priest from Spain at some point when yep. I was a Catholic schoolboy, and he was my favorite because he seemed like he knew what the hell was going on. Yeah, yeah. And cool. he didn't die in jail. Great. Well, I like when that happens to myself. Hey, speaking of jail, we're going to go to outer space, which is just like jail, except for different in every way. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can be left there in solitary confinement. Yeah, but it's like not going to last. Like solitary confinement, you're supposed to isolate yourself and just be miserable. Space, if you're out there for too long, you're just going to starve and die. Yeah, that's true. We're looking at a wide open outer space loaded with magenta space gas and star constellations. We hear a brand new voice. It was very dark and the wind howled horribly around her. She felt as if she were being rocked gently like a baby in a cradle. Huh. All's quiet after the storm. There's no trace of anything. Over. Did you know what this was from? Of course, Chris. I went to school. You did? What's it from? The wizard, the wonderful Wizard of Oz. Yes, by L. Frank Baum. It kicks out to a young boy in the pilot seat of an eggs, itself drifting out in space. He has crimson hair and a fucking crazy spiraling earring. 
Chris, it's weird to open a recon mission with a quote like that, right? It is weird. What does this say about this character? He likes books. He reads books and he likes like referencing stuff. Like there is a period of time in both of our lives when it was incredibly, like I want to say, like most men in their early 20s in the early aughts, referencing whatever fucked up comedy you were into, like approximately for half of all conversations. Oh, yeah. Like half my vocabulary is from mall rats or something. Yeah, or the Upright Citizens Brigade. Like whoever could work in the best quote in any context ended up winning the conversation implicitly. Anyway, this is Junior, voiced by Brianne Brosey, a.k.a. Ian Hawk, in all three games. You may know her from Dot Hack as Elk and Suka and Power Rangers Time Force as Circuit. She also voiced Tommy Hemi, Koromon, Keenan Creer, and Kalumon in something called Digimon. Oh, yeah. Many characters in this game have voiced multiple Digimons. Yeah. Lots I didn't know the Digimons spoke. Whatever. What'd you have for her name? Brianne Brosey, a.k.a. Ian Hawk. I have Brianne... Siddle. Hey man, FakeNet, what is this person's name? Initializing FakeNet. Crisp is about to tell you, and I will not lift a finger for you two fop doodles unless it is utterly necessary. Also known under her stage names of Jetta E. Bumpy, Ian Hawk, Murray Blue, Jetta Bird, and Brianne Brosie. I like the name Bumpy. Yeah, it's really good. I also have her as, as voicing uh, Jim Hawking from Outlaw Star. Oh, okay, yeah. Yes. Also many Digimons, as you said. It cuts to a shot of his eggs doing a sick pose as it thrusts through space. It then cuts to a facial profile shot of the eggs, with the light of space reflecting off its smooth, shiny armor. Junior continues to get epic. I wonder, does that lake of darkness where Nero does his fishing look something like this? Chris, who said that? I don't know who actually said it, but I know who wrote it. It was the bard. Bill Shakespeare himself? Yes, uh, it's from King Lear. Act 3, scene 6. So, when someone walks around or flies through space quoting classic literature and I don't know where it's coming from. In this case, I did not know that was from The Wizard of Oz and yeah. I did not know that was from King Lear. It activates me as a Catholic schoolboy because I just feel like it's from the Bible. Yeah. Like it gets, like if you're saying something profound and it seems sort of biblical. So for a moment I was activated and my question to you is can I be fully activated? You can be not- falsely activated. An activation is an activation. So it doesn't matter if it's actually from no. Catholic lore no, okay. it doesn't. I don't think so, because it's according to our brain lore, not actual yeah. Catholic lore. I because, mean, our understanding of Catholicism is flawed anyway. Because when I saw Nero, because, you know, Nero burned Christians or whatever, right? That's allegedly parody. Yeah. So when I saw Nero, I started thinking about my, my Catholic education and whatnot. And how Plus, all that stuff is being jammed into your head at the same time. True. So English class was right after religion class most yeah. of the time. Yeah. Is it the book of Exodus or is it uh, King Lear? Something wicked this way comes. Right. Who can say? <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Uh, I'm going to press the button. Yeah. Catholic schoolboy. Activation. Two. Two? Two. That's only our second one. That can't be right. Yeah, it is. It was, you shall be as gods. Yeah. And that was it. Fuck's sake. Yeah. Well, there's actually more to this line. It's from when Edgar tells the fool, here's the direct quote. Fratero calls to me and tells me Nero is an angler in the lake of darkness. Fratero is a devil. Nero is the angler in the lake of darkness. And in Chaucer's A Monk's Tale, the infamously cruel Roman emperor Nero is found fishing in hell. So that's like eight layers deep of references on this. It mixes two different classic literatures together to form one cool phrase to quote when out exploring space. So, and that's probably how it, it helped to activate me. Yeah. Just because it, it just, all together. Uh, this is from something that I learned, you know? Did you know that like when he was speaking like this, did you instantly know it was from something? Like, oh yeah. No fucking space boy talks like this. Yeah. No, no fucking space boy talks like this. That's true. <laughs> Except for this space boy. He's really into books too. I read somewhere on the wiki that his sigil on the back of his coat 
resembles the sigil of J.R.R. Tolkien. Nice. Yeah. So quick question. What is a sigil? You know, like your uh, personal brand logo. Yeah. Your personal brand logo, you know, your cool S that you, you have. Okay. On the back yeah. Of your, yeah. You the know stuff I mean? that I stencil everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. That we kick out to the bridge of another spaceship, the Durandal. A lady dressed in a beret and one third of a shirt, most of the upper sleeves with a boob window, has Junior on video. In a Southern, I'm assuming originally Kansai accent, she notes, You're quite the poet today, little master. Where do you come up with this stuff, huh? Chris, who's that person? Shelly? It's Mary. Mary, got it, I got it wrong. Mary yes. Godwind. Before Allie Hills took over for episode two and three, Mary was voiced by Wendy Lee. Yeah. Wendy was obviously Sylvia V. Florent in Final Fantasy XV Kingsglaive. And obviously. Faye Valentine in something called Cowboy Bebop the Movie. Yeah, that's where I've seen her name before. Junior responds by... Oh, hold on, Eric. You, okay. I thought you were going to say the important one. Sorry. Pumpkin Scissors? No, not Pumpkin Scissors. Uh, she also has voiced Bulma in Dragon Ball Super and the original Dragon Ball. She voiced Leanne Caldwell from a video game you may have heard of. Shadow Hearts 5. No. Star Ocean 2. The Bouncer. If you had headphones, you would know I just pressed the bouncer button. Oh, nice. Who'd yeah. you voice in the bouncer? Leanne Caldwell. Cole LaFoe's handler. I'm sending this dispatch because I know you guys are alive. The Galios is programmed to separate once it gets near the satellite. Oh, right. On the yeah. mic. Right. Yeah. The helicopters and shit. Of yeah. course. Yeah. <laughs> it's foolish of me to forget <laughs> such things from the bouncer. Have we seen Mary yet? Or are we just... Uh... Yeah, we just saw her, her one third of shirt with boob window and sleeves. Junior responds by insulting Mary. Read some books, Mary. It's good for you. Mary doesn't do herself any favors as she responds. Books are made from paper, little master. And they're such a pain to carry around. So have we talked about, I'm sure, this is this is our first like Southern accent in the video game, right? Yeah, it's like a, it's uh, the prototypical kind of Southern Belle accent. Right, and, and, that, and when that's localized, that's typically adapted from the Kansai accent. Everybody in Tokyo thinks those Osaka fools are city slicker or uh, the opposite of city slickers junior counters paper and stone tablets last longer than optical data you know first off can we pause there optical data in the year 5000 what else would it be fucking okay so when you when you say optical data we don't you use optical data now do data you? on a disc I yeah gotcha. okay okay on a uh, compact disc yeah on your data disc on my umd besides reading a book helps me get to sleep how's the sensor readout anything showing up Another lady seated at a, at a different workstation answers Junior's request. Nothing at all. It's as if even the atoms are at rest. Chris, this woman with purple hair, what do you think she is? I think she's a goth princess. Why do you think that? <laughs> because RealNet member Dank McCoy described her as that in the, the Discord, and I think that's a perfect descriptor. I think for... so, too. Shelly Godwin, I wrote goth sensibilities. Yeah, there you go. Lulu-looking ass. Can we point it out now? What? Mary and... Shelly. Is Shelly a relation of God? What is, I mean, Mary, obviously I know Mary, but who's... Mary Shelly. Oh, Frankenstein. God yes. damn it. Fuck. <laughs> no, I didn't get that. That's, I'm, I, I'm 40 years old now. That's the first time I've made that connection. Thank you, Chris. Yeah, well. Well, who's their monster? I mean, I, the little master, right? I mean, yeah. I guess. We'll see if that proves I, that. I, I, don't know, I don't know. I don't know. She has a completely different accent, and in the first episode, she was voiced by Dorothy Ellis Fawn before Allie Hillis took over for episodes two and three. Chris, yeah. you could remember Dorothy from Fear Effect 2, Conan in every Naruto game. What? Rain Quinn. Yeah. Mercedes Von Martinez in Fire Emblem Three Houses, and Fia Mel in the remake of Star Ocean. Oh, nice. She also played Lorelei from Soycoden 5. Cool. And, of course, Nina Purpleton. From Mobile Suit Gundam 0083 Stardust Memory. Somebody's fucking name is Purpleton? 
Say no more. Honestly, I don't want an explanation. Do you know? Well, no, I, I, I don't have an explanation. Great. I just was going to tell you something broad about Gundam real quick. You know how, like, when you see a Star Wars you're on the clock. Okay. Go ahead. When you when you see a Star Wars name, you're like, that's a fucking Star Wars name. Yeah, Star Wars or Indian food is a great game. Yeah, Gundam also has that same thing where, like, you hear you you see a name, it's like that's a goddamn Gundam name. But, Purpleton. Yeah, per, Nina Purpleton. It, it's a top shelf name. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And Shelly is all in purple. How about that? Mm. Junior is a bit more skeptical. Not even gas or dust. If it was a giant flare, it should have at least left behind some high-energy particles. How could that be? An entire planet was here just a little while ago. So Junior is on the mission of exploring the, the disappeared planet. He doesn't give a shit about this Waglinde nonsense. Relina Peacecraft. That did psychic damage. <laughs> Sorry. That's like some fucking... What's Idris Elba in Prometheus? Stacker Pentecost? Or no, uh, fucking Pacific Rim. Yeah. Stacker Pentecost. Stack, yeah, Stacker that's, Pentecost. That's some fucking, is, yeah. God damn it. God sham God. It comes back and there's a giant red and purple sword flying through space. No, wait, shit, it's the ship. It's the Durandal with a pair of wings rotating around the hole like you're in space anime. The ship does have a, a sword-like quality overall. Yeah, on purpose. Could it be wielded by a giant mech later? Who knows? I fucking hope so, dude. Yeah. It cuts to Junior's eggs drifting out into space, turning its head to look at the ship, the Durandal. Shelley types some things on the computer. Then Hitler salutes as she declares they're retrieving the Little Master Open Cargo Bay 6. Chris, Little Master. Yeah. Is that an alternate localization of? Young Master? Do you think? I, I, I wonder, but I don't know. Did you look it up? No. Do you know how we can look this up? Internet. We can ask somebody. Okay. Not the, I mean, the fake net probably wouldn't know. But I know. I looked this up, and the term used for Little Master in the Japanese version of Xenosaga is Chibi-sama. That, of course, does not translate to Young Master, I don't think. So, uh, there you go. Bye. Um, my question, though, is are we getting a whiff of Xenogears off that? Off what? Little Master. Young Master. You know who I think of when I hear Young Master? Tyr McDowell. Oh, yeah. I'm getting whiff to Sui Coden. Whiff to Yeah. But, it's a but, disagreeable but, rift. But, but I see where you're going, though. Yeah. Yes, I do. I do whiff now. Like, I had a, a Sui Coden whiff. Yeah. But after that whiff sort of, you know, dispersed into the air, the yeah. next whiff came. Like, the second course. The push, sec- push the goddamn a button. A second course whiff. Push the button. Sixteen. Somebody asking the Spotify comments. Spotify has comments now. Wouldn't know. Um, if... Uh, we can make that sound a little less obnoxious. Oh, you mean with the three seconds of the rock screaming? Yeah, I, I think we should not. <laughs> it is a little long, and I honestly, I hate listening to it now, too. But It's up to you. You're the uh, sound maker. Right, we'll see if I adjust it. <laughs> I don't remember who wrote in. And to be clear, the person was very nice about it. It's like, this, oh, might, no, it just, sucks. this might just be me, me being a dick, but um, it's your podcast. You can do whatever you want, but, you know, uh, could you make it less obnoxious? And, and you've got uh, JR screaming in the background of that, too. Yeah, well, maybe. Answer, maybe. Okay, let's continue. Cuts out to a panning shot of the rest of the brids. Workstation pods line the edges just like the Waglinde, but these appear to be actually staffed by blue-haired 100 series realians. Are they? Okay. Yes, I thought they, they are. I thought they were... What? They are. They are for sure? Okay. Yeah. So, talk to them later. Okay. So can 100 series realians come from places other than Vector? That's an excellent question. And we knew the Waglinde had trouble staffing them, like they weren't really available yet. Are these black market 100 series realians? I just think Durandal has top level tech. Okay. It cuts to a fairly impressive shot of Junior's eggs below the Durandal as it flies into the cargo bay. Back to the bridge, Mary claps and encourages everyone to keep up the pace. 
Junior rises out of the red elevated platform, also known as an elevator. His ruby, hmm, rubido hair, red hair, I'm sorry, is striking as his, his childlike appearance. He's also wearing some sick green pants and topped off with a black, gold, and crimson trench coat. Chris, my next question, when you see that Junior wields pistols and wears a, a trench coat, childlike, get some Billy, get some Billy. I didn't get the whiffs until we got to combat. Okay. Can, can we wait to yeah, we'll wait, wait, wait on we'll those wait. whiffs? I do have another whiff, though. Yeah. What are you smelling? This whole well-staffed, mysterious ship, it has a Yggdrasil vibe, doesn't it? I think so, especially since we can travel around it Since later. we already whiffed the Young Master, can we also whiff the ship? I think we need to wait till we explore the ship. Okay. I won't whiff it yet. Junior goes into detail about the missing planet. Ariadne? Have we talked about Ariadne before? I feel like we've referenced that at some point. It was on the building in the flashback where Sharonkov right. tried to abduct Cosmos but got owned. From not Kevin? From not Kevin. When he was getting the handoff of the shit? Yes, the, when he got the, the Wiimote from not Kevin. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, welcome back, little master. Yo, Ariadne's completely vanished, but it doesn't seem like it was destroyed. It's almost as if someone is hiding it somewhere. Chris, in Greek mythology, Ariadne was a Cretan princess and the daughter of King Minos of Crete. She is known for helping Theseus escape the Minotaur and being abandoned by him on the island of Naxos. There, Dionysius saw Ariadne sleeping, fell in love with her, and later married her. I've heard of Dionysus, right? Yeah, he's in Hades. The video game? Yeah. Cool. Mary wonders where the planet could be hidden, and Junior the Philosophy King tells her the best way to find out would be to ask the person who's hiding it. Junior asks for Shelley's input. She says, It's very slight, but I'm getting a reaction from the primer. No question about it. Chris, what the hell is the primer? The primer is the... Mm, it's part of the sensors, right? Okay, yeah. It, it primes. The mechanism, the primes, looks yeah. for stuff. Real life uh, waypoint generator. My answer was a confusing Shane Carruth movie. I like yours better. I've seen that movie. Did you understand it? It's fine. Nobody does. I probably went to Wikipedia after. Junior uses a metaphor. Some kids playing with matches, maybe? What happened to that fleet anyway? Great question. Perhaps he knows how they are with books with paper, which mm-hmm. somehow still exist. A bridge bunny says they haven't heard anything after the distress signal from six hours ago. So now we're talking about the Waglinde and not the disappeared planet? Okay. Yeah? Mary assumes that if it was Gnosis, the fleet was totally wiped out. Junior isn't so sure. When the little ones play with fire, you know their folks can't be too far behind. I didn't know if this plays out, but do you think Junior's thing is with labored metaphors, constantly referencing classic literature, or is this the only time? I think it's his thing, but I'm curious to see how much the game lays it on having played further this is it okay so good actually yeah i don't know if that was originally like that if the localization team gave up mary then lies and says she understands so you reckon that the mom is going to show up soon junior nods his head then orders change of course to the last known location of the federation fleet it cuts to a shot of the durandal flying through space before hard cutting to black what are they talking about mama showing up ship i think mama is probably like a large Whale gnosis, leader gnosis, kind of thing. Oh, alpha I see. gnosis. Yeah, the big one. Yeah, the gotcha. one. That, the one that rises and grinds the most. The, the one that we'll be at in three hours. Yes. We go to Pleromo for a cutscene. Yeah. Suddenly, Margulis is speaking with one of those Sos guys, right? Yeah. You know which one it is? Man Five. The one who is voiced by Steve Bloom. Oh, nice. The, the thin, evil mustache. He's in the conference room that we waited through as Ziggy, by the way, which is pretty funny. Doesn't this whole like setup run contrary to what we knew from before? Because Sos sent Ziggy to steal Momo from Margulis. You're telling me it's an inside job, Chris? It's, it's a fucking inside job, Eric. I like mean, they let him get away? 
it was obviously there's like there's no way that you could have a council of fucked up dudes and not yeah. one of those dudes be additionally fucked up. Yeah, like with the bad guys or something. And there's somebody even more fucked up than him on that council, most likely. Yes, usually. He opens with an apology of sorts. We underestimated him by thinking he was just a relic from an age gone by. In regards to the information leak, we traced it to the Special Ops Intelligence Bureau. We're currently looking into how they discovered the route to Perloma. I apologize for the trouble. Chris, Special Ops Intelligence Bureau, is that a different council of fucked up guys? That's not the Cherenkov shit, because this isn't what that is. What's the acronym there? S-O-I-B. Counterterrorism. The literal translation is anti-terrorism. 100 years ago, Zicky was a member of the 1,875th Special Ops Command Detachment of the Federation Police Bureau, a unit which specialized in counterterrorism. So they're thinking Ziggy tapped into past life shit for these skills? If these are the same organizations, I don't know, it's capitalized like proper noun here. Also, Ziggy was a cop. Not anymore. Okay. He's not a cop anymore. Margulis is not phased. It's inevitable. There will always be vermin. I'll leave their extermination to you. Then my guys get cryptic. The council member wonders if they will show up. They? Margulis is confident they will come. And Pellegree comes into view in the background here. Margulis continues. Oh, they'll come. After all, that's the reason for their existence. It also happens to be Milsha's Achilles heel. Every time he said they or there, I wanted Xenogear's M-dashes on both sides of the shit. <laughs> yes. Chris, it's destiny, the reason for existence. Margulis assumes that a creation is bound to its purpose and his Achilles heel, I think, will be not respecting the free will of sentient beings. Perhaps. Pellegree is sitting near a hollow screen and it beeps with an alert before cutting back to the councilman. I'll handle the negotiations with the military. I leave the rest to you. The councilman closes the Zoom call, but then Margulis immediately opens a Zoom call with Cherenkov. Mm-hmm. Dude is calling in from the Elsa, man. He's in the main lobby by the save points doing this shit from a hotel payphone. Yes, exactly. I assume Cherenkov was calling in to narc on Ziggy and Momo, but he doesn't lead with that. Instead, he says, The Zohar was taken by the Gnosis. But, but I managed to secure the 100 series Reallian. It's currently on board a cargo ship. Headed for the Milshan star system. I believe it is the same one you had secured on Priloma. What do you... And then Miragulous just cuts Trenkoff off, telling him just stick to your duties. Yeah. Imagine it, how fucking psyched Trenkoff had to be that this fell into his lap. He kind of hinted at that when we spoke with him when we were wandering around the Elsa before. Yeah. But now he's fully taking credit for it. It's like saying that you just made $100 when you just found $100 on the ground. You know That's what I mean? That's a good point, yeah. He's, it's, it's, it's found money. It's not anything that he actually did to, to secure this. You know, when a guy hit me on my bicycle with his big truck, he gave me $100. Now, did I find that or did I earn that? I think that that was for, I think that was paid damages. Okay, you know hush I mean? money. Got you it. collected it. <laughs> you collected it. It was collections. Yes. So no to both, it was collected. Right. Okay, got it. Cherenkov is shocked, but Margulis continues. Just stick to your duties. What? Don't do anything beyond the scope of your mission. We've already confirmed all the variables. The situation is proceeding according to plan. When you talk about all the variables, you, that that's a thing that a scenario guy says. Yeah, and he's so accounted for all of them, and you're fucking it up. That makes that leads me to believe that Margulis is at the top layer of his particular scenario. 
Like there might be somebody above him, but at this point, when when he's the one that is, he's the operator. Yeah, he's the operator. He's the one who to to make sure all the variables line up the way they're supposed to so according to a scenario. All these variables lining up, the ELSA intercepting this was planned. Who will to power that one? I don't think that the variables that he is speaking about have anything to do with anything that's happened on the ELSA. Okay, I just except for maybe like, Cosmos's activation. If getting Cosmos and Momo in the same room was planned somehow. Oh, that's there are, are two big, like, secret keys inside of robots. Yeah, that's things, true. Like, in the same place. How convenient. Yeah. Margulis continues. But, 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 sir. Return to headquarters at once. I'll deal with you then. Understood? Where do we think headquarters is? Is that Pleroma or is that somewhere on Milsha? Well, I mean. Shrenkov wants to get back to Milsha. UTIC is, is a sort of a hidden organization, right? Like, remember Hammer and what Maybe in plain sight. Yeah. Like, but, like, can, but their base is in a essentially like a historic, on an asteroid a historical yeah a historical derelict church i I'm think sure. well i'm just they probably have meetings in public places yes to talk about their utic sh- their, their goon shit yes they don't they just don't wear their their far right clothes margulis closes the zoom call then asks one of his guys to track the ship Trankov was on but then there's that voice again you just love barking out those orders don't you margulis Show a little love to your dogs, or else they might bite you one day. Music, anxiety plays. The camera pans over to reveal this white-haired, angelic figure in the cool guy lean pose up against the wall. Perfect. He continues as he pets the head of his realian. The prototype belongs to me. I've grown bored with these Kirschwassers. Chris, Kirschwasser is the German word for... Kirschwasser, the word for cherry brandy in the German language, an observation realian created by Joachim Mizrahi for the purpose of collecting data for the prototype Momo. The literal translation is cherry water because Kirsch is a clear, colorless brandy traditionally made from the double distillation of Morello cherries, a dark-colored cultivar of the sour cherry. Can we talk about how fucked up it is to name a child-shaped thing after a wine? Or a... Well, are we Catholic or not? Oh, is this the blood of Christ? I think so. Like, why would it not be? Of all the different wines available, why not pick the blood of Christ? You just changed my perspective in a, in a matter of moments there. Now, you can ask if it's fucked up that... Audio data not found. Margulis asks this man if he's leaving, and he informs Margulis that he's more likely to succeed than his dogs. The Utic soldiers at their workstation swivel around in their chairs right after Albedo says all this. Albedo notices and then gets fucking epic. Ah, yes. Feed me your hostility. Pierce me with your hatred. <laughs> Hurt me more, Snake. Chris, is this the most theatrical motherfucker we've had in our podcast since Groff, Seeker of the Power? No, he's the most theatrical motherfucker we've had in our podcast since Louis Virgil. <laughs> I think, right? Yeah, I mean... Because they're kind of... The, they're, they're Virgil is a company man, though. Albedo is a chaos element. The, like Virgil is in service of something. K- Albedo's all about himself in this shit. Is Virgil really a company man? He had a, he had oh, a dude. He, yeah, he had a mysterious dream though when he. He's died. the hardest damn soldier we've ever met. He is. A, well, you can be a hard soldier and not necessarily be a a company man. No, I think he's all about the job. I don't think there's any pathos mm. to Virgil whatsoever as portrayed in this game yet. Okay, not not as Virgil. How about that? Virgil is a little bit more subdued when it comes to his like dramatic flair than Albedo, which I I like a little bit more, but. To answer your original question, I think he is the Groff element of this, except for his identity isn't necessarily hidden. Virgil or Albedo? Albedo, sorry. Okay. I skipped around there a little bit. Quick question, helping further figure out which, yeah. which which guy is more of a guy. What's more fucked up? 
Eating Realians or Petting 100 series. Ooh. Caressing 100 series. As if they are your pet. Your peach. Those are both pretty fucked up, but I'm going to have... Which one unnerves you more? Eating tasty robots or petting child girl robots? I think the latter. I think petting child girl robots makes me more uneasy. In civil society, it's more deplorable, you think? But you you have to have a whole conversation. I'm just I'm just talking about first impression, gut feeling. What what makes me kind of kind of yeah, cringe a little bit? I agree you know? with you for the record. Yeah. I just wanted to draw out the response. Yeah. Albedo moves to leave, and Margulis impulsively asks him to wait. But Albedo is ready for him. Don't worry, I won't get in your way. We're working toward the same goal, right? Hey, Chris. Quick question: What's the goal? The goal. The goal. I've I mean, got three suggestions here. Okay. I'll, yeah. Co-opting the 100 series realians for their own villainous purposes. I think that's a given. Using those realians with the Zohar, like maybe they have special access to it or don't fucking disappear when they touch it or whatever. Yeah, remember, d- don't forget that there is a space key to unlock a sealed portion oh, of space. the key of Nebuchadnezzar. Well, it is a key of Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah. I think many of the scenarios in this game are going to serve that, that particular purpose. Okay. And my final guess was just, just helping them get the Zohar so they can do evil things with it. Yeah. Is Utik concerned with the fate of mankind? No. I don't think so. This so the uh, like I think they're all about power and domination. They're about power and domination and uh, recovering lost secrets. They're not all returned and they're not going to they're not returning everything to nothing. Oh, are they making a, a, a goo pile of people? Yeah. Are they all about that life? Yeah. Cuz you could argue that that is serving humanity. Yeah, the Gendo argument, right? Yes, yes. I don't argue that, but you could. Right. No, it, I'm saying that is a plausible argument that I would accept even if I don't believe in it. Uh, by the way, uh, Albedo is voiced by Crispin Freeman, who we already covered as covering, as uh, voicing somebody else, right? Guinan? Or no, Jin. Jin, that's right, yeah. Initializing Faketet. Crispin Freeman voices Guinan, Jin, and Albedo. The camera pans around a dimly lit room, then cuts over to the hangar. Albedo's massive white and lavender eggs is loaded and ready. He sits in the cockpit, and there's an extended sequence of the eggs boot-up sequence. Finally, he talks to himself. Ah, Momo. My adorable little pesh. Chris, all of this is seared into my, into my memory, my pesh. Yeah. Over and over and over. Is that French? Uh, pesh is... I assume it's German because everything is. I mean, I know it's peach, but you like... You want to ask what? the fake net? Yeah. Initializing fake net. It's French for peach. Albedo takes off. Back in the command center, Pellegree approaches and asks Margulis if it's wise to leave this matter to Albedo. Margulis doesn't appear to be a man interested in showing vulnerability or weakness because he scoffs and replies, I'm not leaving anything to him. He has his uses, that's all. My dude walks off and the shot closes on Pellegree's skeptical face as it fades to black. I have uh, one question about Albedo's eggs. Is it an eggs or is it just a mech? I think everything in this game, by its own definition, has to be an egg. I agree with you, it's a mech. It's also much larger than everybody else's yeah. and more detailed, and it has much more power, as we'll come to find. So it was also developed to fight Gnosis. Are there, I think the question you're asking is, are there giant robots that don't fight Gnosis? Yes. I think later this robot fights some Gnosis and kicks more ass than any robot we've seen in the game. Okay. So I think it had to be built with explicit gnosis annihilation in mind even with black ops shit in there gotcha okay just making sure because i haven't got that far yet okay i mean that is an excellent question i'm glad we're asking these questions is what is the purpose of the giant fucking robot because i always want to know what that answer is the answer is hand signals that's right yes pull the horn trucker durandal space 
The Durandal drifts through a debris field along with some of those golden goblin grabby hand recovery ships. Yeah, my first question is, are these also junkers? I think so. I think everyone is like trying to pick through the, the bits to look for good stuff. Yeah. You ever know when you're going to find like some loot? Yeah. I mean, have you ever not been to a beach and seen some asshole with headphones and a metal detector? Every time. Every single time. I mean, you can see those guys in like fields. Too. Sometimes, but not as like at the beach, you're guaranteed to see. Them. Oh, yeah. It is yeah. a common NPC. We then cut to two eggs floating out in space. We've got Junior's beige and blue model, along with a pink and purple sidekick. Mary's in that one. Mm -hmm. Junior cannot believe the state of this wreckage. Man, the ship's been gutted down to its core. It looks like a carcass of a beached whale. Ooh. Is that that because the Elsa already raided it, or it just got blown the fuck up that much? Oh, it got blown the fuck up that much. Okay. Remember, we lost the the Ogetsu. (laughs) Yeah, goddammit, the Ogetsu. R.I.P. Mary buzzes in from right next to Junior, saying it's not much better from their perspective, just a bunch of eggs scrap. Junior concludes, Figures. It's like diving into shark-infested waters with a big juicy steak. Which, I don't know that sharks even eat steak, but then both Junior and Mary jet off into the wreckage of the Waglinde, and I'm guaranteeing you neither one of them have been into an ocean before. Or had steak. Or had steak, yeah. Unless it was like cypher steak. But he also, he also used beached whale as a metaphor a minute ago, too. I mean, so. we know the Gnosis use whale technology, so surely he's... <laughs> That's true. Good point. Excellent, excellent point. <laughs> Music anxiety plays as they land on a solid structure and begin to survey what's left. Junior hits Paydirt. Bingo! I found the remains of a Zohar security ring. I guess this is where they were storing it. Shelly! Set the sequencing primer. Another primer. Shelley responds with space language bullshit. Junior mentions something about wondering if they are already out of range. Mary, though, is worried. I can't believe you're hoping those things are still here. Aren't you scared, little master? Junior points out, optimistically for some reason, that there are plenty of things in the world scarier than Gnosis. The impatient Junior asks Mary. So, how is it? Have they already gone over to the other side? The, the, you mean the, like, the other side of what? Like the other side of reality or are, yeah. are there other, other boys exploring this shit on the yes. other side of the fuck? What, what other side is he talking my, about? My grandma has gone to the other side. Yeah. Like, the, is it the rainbow bridge? What are we doing? I don't know. Then music, UTIC organization plays and alarm sounds and Mary realizes someone else got here before they did. Yes. Three eggs beam in through columns of bright iridescent light, which is an impressive effect. Junior references as short jumps. Junior identifies them as part of UTIC. Does enemy eggs open fire and Junior, in response, does a sick fucking backflip. Junior then tells Mary to head back to the Durandal while he 1v3s all of these guys. Junior smiles in his cockpit, then draws two machine pistols, and then, to my surprise, it cuts out of the battle music. Junior's tall-ass eggs versus four domos, Chris. How'd this battle go for you? It's it, This is just a introductory Junior yeah. battle. This is when I began to get some whiffs from from junior back to our sweet baby billy was his last name billy um i was trying to think of that when you were talking and i was coming up empty billy black billy lee black billy lee black uncle baby billy lee black got it from xenogears so i'm getting a whiff uh because of the dual pistols the dual pistols and the stupid haircut yeah and we'll come to find out a little bit later too that he uses like coin trick coin shots yes, and shit he too. definitely bounces bullets off coins so Somebody who worked on this game wanted to bring this this little archetype back. When he does so. his shots. I so badly wanted to hear, yeah, yeah, in the middle of it, yeah. No, he just goes, sayonara, baby. I mean, I'm pressing the button. <laughs> 17. Anyway, we own these things until yeah. they all ether attack down me, and I still own them and get scrap iron, which is things that you get after battle to sell later. Oh, man, I wish I would have known that when I needed money. Yeah, there is some definitely, you earn scrap as loot. 
Unicorn horns, get those later. Those are also quite a bit valuable when you're in the cathedral. So they don't do anything except for sell them. It'll tell you like valuable item to sell or uh, some shit on yes. the description. RPG stuff. Afterward, we cut back out to space and these white hot bursts, laser columns of light start to pierce space-time. Is this an ambush? I think so. Or just like the mothership for those guys that were down here. Yeah. A cloaked Utic battleship reveals itself and it's firing those lasers at the carcass of the Waglinde. Junior uses young, hip new language like, whoa, hold up, and then speculates they're trying to cover up the evidence. Oh. Mary begs the little master to hurry back, and she's convinced their mothership is coming. The Waglinde continues to blow up with a fiery explosion video effects layered on top of the model of the ship. From a distance, Junior, in safety, watches the Waglinde explode some more, fade to black. They're just killing the fuck out of the ship, aren't they? Yeah. Now we go to the Durandal. We open with a back shot of Junior and an ass shot of Mary as they ride the elevator back up the Durandal's bridge. Junior's hands are in his pockets, and he looks cool. I want Mary to hold his hand like Mom. <laughs> okay. Music, Durandal plays as they reach the top. A 100 series welcomes Junior back, but he no-sells it and asks for a situation update. The 100 series lays it down. It's a standard attack vessel. Unknown registration. All weapons are at condition zebra. Interlocks removed. Is that your favorite condition so far, Zebra? Condition Zebra, yeah. All nutted up and ready to go. Mm -hmm. We then cut to some spaceship porn shots of all the curves and features of the extraordinarily angular Utic battleship floating out in space. It pulls out more. No fuck. It's an entire fleet of these B-2 bomber-looking-ass flying wings. They're charging laser fire. The Durandal neatly flies between some of the laser fire, but laser fire, but it actually absorbs some of it. This shakes the bridge violently, but Junior doesn't seem to be phased. He activates all shields, but the 100 series all brace for the second wave of attacks. Shelly runs to her workstation, then commands all of the 100 series to sub-channel into the high-velocity cannon system. Chris, what the fuck do you think that means? Brain power into the laser gun? Yeah, you've got to use your psycho-orb technology. SOT. A psycho, no, not, not psycho, not technology. Well, well the, he is tapping into psycho-orb technology here, yeah. right? But he is using some sort of ether-based mana magic or something that he's able to transfer into the orb through the power of the 100 series that is his sacrifice for being a little boy is is that he has he has psycho orb power he uses his human growth hormone as psycho orb power and rejects the pituitary glands excretion of yes okay that is my explanation for junior at this point in the game i don't know anything else about him all right the 100 series all do that and then their glass based workstation desks fold down in front of them to accommodate their tiny little bodies they prepare for photon torpedoes, which, okay, I'm glad those are in this day, yeah, game. Yeah, throw them in there. The shield holds, and an annoyed Junior laments that Junior matches course and speed, then he moves over to two translucent half-spheres. He hovers the palms of his hands above them, and some magic air shit makes a connection. Oh, yeah, sorry, dual psycho orbs. Right, multiple psycho orbs, yes. one for each hand. Junior says, take this as his eyes glow blue, and the Durandal fires an array of blue lasers from its massive sword-tip nose cone. So only he can do that, right? I like the think so. weapon like looks coded to Junior. The weapon looks special. They need his palms to generate that that level. Yeah, only of Junior is DNA coded to fire these weapons. Is he transferring energy into the Durandal and the, the, the Durandal is amplifying it, or does he just have the activation palms I to do it? I think the energy, as previously referenced, came from the 100 series when they subchanneled into the high velocity of cannon system, and then Junior fires the cannon system with their because he has subchanneling. Okay, so he. When you sub-channel, according to the context I'm seeing here, is they program their, their, you know, 100 series or some special prototype shit. They probably have, like, weapon systems that can all concentrate and think about something, and then that energy goes to the main cannon, which Junior then grabs with two spheres that definitely aren't boobs, and then gets them out. That works for me. Okay, yeah. great. He's the only boy here. 
Yeah, that's a good that's a good point. He's the only and at this point we're like, is that a kid? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> what, what are we doing, guys? An optimistic Mary assumes this means that Utsuk fleet is turning their shit around to flee. Shelley confirms the enemy mothership has begun its retreat. Junior thinks it would be nice if we could just let them go. But we can't do that, can we? And I'm like, what what are we doing? You're free, dude, but I think he's gonna go chase these things down. Yeah, it's like boarding the ship to kill the leader or yeah, whatever like, like more sadism than i thought it was it was going to be they actually do have a mission here but they're not clear about, about what their mission is until act, you yeah. actually get there not at this time junior asks shelly to give them a little nudge mary knows what that means and when he says a little nudge you know what that means set engines to ramming speed penetrate the port side and prepare for combat it cuts out of space where the durandal's sword tip nose rams the holy shit out of the utic ship it looks like they destroy it. There's a massive explosion in space. Durandal, new cutscene. Music invading the enemy ship plays. Mary gets on the mic. Our objective is the enemy mainframe. Utilize all available terminals and counter any protective measures. Once inside, engage all hostiles. All hands, move out. This all appears to be fairly routine. Mary asks if Junior is ready to head for the bridge. Junior wants to get this over with and head home. They both run off. Durandal, playable. Video game. New hum, I captured it for us. Great. I exit the Durandal and speak to two workers wandering around down here. Yes, this this uh, ship does have two boy workers here. So there are. he's not the only boy. When we say boy, do we automatically assume Realian, or are we just assuming child soldier at this point? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. child soldier. Yeah. yeah, sure. Yeah. All of the above. He is the only person coded as masculine. Okay. On this ship. Until we saw these guys. One says all these teams are deployed and he'll personally secure the route of retreat by himself. The other says enemy forces look pretty tough and multiple eggs have been dispatched. So we're not the only ones out here. Yeah. On our team. Did you notice who's on our team, by the way? In our party. Junior, Mary, and two guys? Junior? Yeah. It's Junior, Mary, and Soldier from Final Fantasy VII. That's right. Soldier. Yes. Himself. Uh, First class. Well, when you try to leave, Junior responds by sitting on the floor and reminding me of our objective, hack into the mainframe of the Utic ship. That's when I tried to go back in the Durand. Oh, okay. Junior sat on the damn floor like a child. Oh, well. So, yeah, let's head through that screaming hole down to a bridge into the Utic ship. Yeah, we get some crackling Christmas logs of space out here, too. Mm-hmm. The crackling flames. There's dead guys. I mean, yeah, we just rocked their shit, right? Yeah, the guys sitting in blood, their blood looks blackened. Is that just me? Is that my glasses? Is that my, my retro tank? Or I did not blood, notice The this? blood looked black to me. Maybe you should adjust the colors on your television set? Yeah. If you go too far south without going in the door into the Utic battleship, there's a couple of, of lads down there you can speak with. Would yeah, what they say. Would you like to speak with them? Yeah. They give Little Master some more information. One of them says, talking to yourself will not change the situation. Let us hurry on. Okay. The next one says, may I ask you one thing? Little master, do you ever get scared before a fight? Two choices. Yes or no way. I say no way. Hell yeah. I'm a man. I don't get scared before I fight. I look forward to it. I yes. live for this. The guy says, you're definitely not like me then, little master. I run the moment I get scared. Just earlier, I charged ahead of you in front of the enemy in front of door number three. But then, come to think of it, they seemed rather panicked. They were saying that they had to close it quickly or the bridge or something like that. Door number three is definitely worth checking. If you speak with this lad again, he says, please don't overdo it. If it gets dangerous, pulling out first is difficult, <laughs> so I'll run away second. That's what I do. Just kidding. Really, I'm just kidding. Pulling out is difficult, Chris. It can be. There's another guy here you can speak with and says that it reminds me that our goal is the ship's bridge. The layout of the ship is rather unique, so its location is currently unknown. 
the other units have been dispatched to get control of the enemy forces. We will take care of things here, so please go after the rest. So then I went back up, went through the door of the right, blew up some containers, got some various upgrades, and then I accidentally walked into some infrared laser sensors and Hell got yeah. into some battles against some UTIC soldiers. Then I got, uh, you know... You didn't get our, our buddy, the Gardas M1, back out? The Gardas M1? Is an enemy with the UTIC Oh, yeah, he is with them as well. Yes, that little kind of mini-boss thing that yeah. we faced with Ziggy. Of course, I was getting some more some more Billy vibes from Junior, but we already discussed that. Um, he's got Billy's coin flipping. He's got his gun kata and all that kind of stuff. His party mates are in, in their egg ships. Mary is in a sleek pink double sniper wielding a mecha, while Soldier from Final Fantasy VII is in a more generic looking one. Was Junior in his mecha for you? No. No, I didn't no, either. I just you, I barefooted it the entire you time. Can, yeah, you can call it, but he stays on the ground. He stays off of it. This is a classic dungeon where you blow up generators to blow up lasers to move through it in different spaces. Absolutely, yeah. Like little closets hidden by the polygons. There's little things you can blow up to reveal the, the path forward. It's decently designed. There are some UTIC soldiers standing inside door jams. I'm like, what were they doing? Just like waiting? Were they hiding? Yeah. I find a computer with a four on it, which opens a big door with a four on it. That's the puzzle of this place, is yeah. like to access the consoles in order to unlock the big garage door things. And it's the thing where you go through it, then eventually open the door at the end, yeah. etc. Uh, constantly getting into into battles. Did you find a bunch of dead guys near door three? Yeah, more bloody bodies there. Lots of lads attending to additional injured lads here. Some of our guys are just south of here. One says door three closed suddenly, so they all scrambled to get inside. That's when they were ambushed. Yeah. The guy on the floor took a bunch of hits because he was in the front. Another guy says he was careless, and that resulted in the men being wounded. Yeah. There's a room on the left. Initializing fake The lack of music is bothering me. I am going to drop in. Invasion from Xeno Gears. Office chair, save point. Inside is two of my guys and one alive UTIC guy. Did you do this? This little scenario? Oh, the crew members? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm warned to be cautious of surprise attacks. The other guy assumes the UTIC soldiers are cowardly because of all the ambushes and the hiding they do. The UTIC guy says card number three who knows. I don't know what that means either, so I Google it. And I'm told by Split Infinity to, take, to talk to the guys in a separate order. Did you do any of this shit? No. Talk to the right guy, the left guy, the left guy, the right guy, the left guy, the right guy. Did they all say different shit? No. Midway through, I get the option to threaten violence. Did you do this? No. No. Which my dude does by intimidating the UTIC guard with his iron fist, his Tekken. It doesn't work. There's more good cop, bad cop shit trying to make their UTIC prisoner give up the key location. Oh, I just went and found the key. Yeah, well, you can do this instead and learn nothing because I couldn't get it to work. Oh. Well? My dude collapses, and I assume I have to resume the interrogation later. Perhaps. In the next room, I find segment address number 11. There is a UTIC soldier, and when the battle starts, he's just one guy. Mm -hmm. But then he calls in his eggs. Oh. In the small office, we yeah. have an eggs battle. Oh, we've got Maria Balthazar technology yes, happening? Yes, something's going on here. It's, it's, it's another one of those Zolfo things. And by the way, uh, something else I noticed about Junior in, in, in combat here. He's got, he's got an ether attack called Dandyism. Hmm. Are you familiar with Dandyism? Not necessarily. In real, I mean, not in real life. I was going to say, is that in the Zeno Saga Dictionary? It is a tech which allows him to do a revive when a female character is behind him. Wish I would have looked that up. Fellas, is it gay to not have ladies behind you when you need to revive your party members? <laughs> it's just one of those weird, weird yeah, things, you know? Like, there's a bunch of... I mean, there are... I think the game tried to work advantages to having characters in different rows. And, like, Ziggy has that Momo power-up when she's behind him, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. But in practice, I found almost none of this especially necessary. 
Like I never put people in the back. Everybody's always up front. I have enough med kits and all all stuff to like restore my health at all times. Yeah, it's like they designed the they designed the combat systems, but didn't actually design them. They didn't yeah, test they, them. They didn't, they, finish. they didn't do the math. You know, the elements are there. It's like it went to alpha, but they didn't carry it through to make sure it all fit together like yeah. puzzle pieces. And to be fair, that's like true of a lot of RPGs. Oh, where sure. Ultimately, yeah. you can just brute force your way through for, through most scenarios. Play them like me, right? Yes, there are some really good exceptions to that, but this game is is not one of them. Car number three is in the end hall of a small office, and I like how there were lots of books, lots of liquor, and an active wine glass by the laptop. Yep. Did you open segment? I found it. We don't think we had the key to it yet. Oh, I did. Oh, nice. What's in there? A, a, a coat ice. Nice. I'll ice my coats. Also, you know what sucks about this whole section? What, what's that? It's like a, a dungeon, technically? No, well, the, the dungeon is fine, but like, there's no music. Oh, yeah, and of course. No, we got the hum of space, Chris. But didn't we have... Life or death playing throughout the Wagalinde? Yeah. There's I mean, a life or death scenario. We're just mopping up shit. Mop of death. That would have worked here, I think. Did you find the only interesting thing here in the strange lab with floating green holograms of robot body parts? I did. There's a diagram there, like not a chalkboard, but the... Whiteboard? Whiteboard. White bread. Well, not a, a smart board. Have you ever seen a smart board before? No. It's what they use in classrooms now nowadays. Well, this was made in 2002. Okay, well, I know. That's why it's space technology and oh, not right. just classroom Oh, right. Smart boards. They already had it. Anyway, what's on this yeah. fucking smart board? Uh, it's titled T-E-L-O-S. T-L-O-S. What the hell is that, Chris? Some sort of robot, if you inspect it, Junior's like, hey, this is like a, a robot or something. But I recognize that as being something from another Zendel saga. It's game. from episode three. Yeah. Which, yeah. this is some impressive groundwork. I mean, we know pretty much that episode two was carved out of episode one. Yeah. And I imagine episode three elements two were, given how this series ended up going. But to have Telos Telos on the board at this point, I think she ended up being in Xenoblade 2 as well, right? <laughs> Fake net? Probably. Initializing fake net. has been in Project X Zone, Project X Zone 2, Super Robot Wars of Endless Frontier, U Teneritas, and Xenoblade Chronicles 2 after installing patch 1.40 and clearing the main story. Anyway. There's also shit all over the wall and a UTIC card in a chest. I go use that card on the UTIC door I passed earlier. Inside that is a room with a bed, a workstation, and a chest with decoder 16. Anything else for the TLO's room? Nope. Chris, you into an eggs hanger? Okay, so when you unlock door number five, it gets you back to the save point and you can save your game. But then if you go back down and keep going south, you go down a large bridge into this bay area that looks like an eggs hanger. And it's not just a bunch of green eggs. And ham. There's more to it. Uh, not much. You can inspect the warning display on the left and it says, emergency, emergency, prepare for close quarter combat. Caution, I'm a boozer. Yep. You can walk around those Zaku things and find some extraneous repair items such as skill upgrades, tech upgrades, and ether upgrades. The three upgrades. Uh, you know, items to yeah, ding, ding, ding. boost your stats or whatever. If you destroy the electronic box near the far right eggs unit, it creates a larger explosion that summons some more dudes to fight. Mm. Let me tell you, it was riveting. That's all. I use card number three in the room by the dead guys. The soldier who's leaning up against door three slumps down and over when I open the door. Cyber crabs. We go to the bridge. The background noise shifts to computer sound whirring. The bridge is empty. No one's here who's flying this goddamn thing. Oh, also, the soldier that's leaning up against door three that slumped over when you open it. I try to shut the door, which would chop him in half, but Xenosaga wasn't interested in letting me do this. Gotcha. Interesting. Okay, yeah, you should be able to do that. Apparently, we're here to acquire the mainframe and try to operate a terminal. There's a bunch of bullshit where Junior and Mary take turns staring into space and referencing what they need to do without specifically stating what the fuck we're doing here, mm -hmm. which is irritating. I access the Blinking Center console. They keep doing stuff, just the most pointless dialogue and activate security alarms. Ambix, some kind of mech, falls out of the ceiling... 
Yeah, it's like a uh, it's it's sort of a spider mech, a kind little of. bit. It's got the machine gun arms and it, it twists and turns and looks around for for the, our party members as it's trying to find its target. They try to give you booster output information as I wail on this thing. Booster output information. The strategy guys is something about if you hit it with a sword based attack, it lowers its boost. Yeah, or something. That's a- but I just I just whacked. Yeah, whacked with Mary. W act. Whacked to your heart's content. Yes. Mary says it's too easy and I get the B Max circuit. Oh, you got a B Max circuit. I think I got that too, maybe. This thing was pretty easy. I was ready for another domo carrier type battle. I was like, oh fuck, what are they trying to teach me now? Yeah, what lessons are here? Did you even call a genius robot? I haven't called an eggs in this game. Oh, well I did. How'd that go? Yeah, it's fine. Okay. I just That's y- good. You know, I just did his 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 whacked as well. Yeah. Whacked to your heart's content. Mm-hmm. You tick ship, cutscene. We're still on the bridge. Mary has hacked the Gibson. Music startup test plays. Mary isn't sure if she should copy or transmit the data. Back on the Durandal, Shelly is one-handed, no-look typing. She tells us they've already entered the override code and certain data partitions are being deleted. Shelly tells Mary to start the transition. Mary says something weird. Roger, you just clear your head out and wait for me. What happens next is even weirder because Mary walks over to the data port, yanks out the ribbon cable, and plugs it into her head. Mm-hmm. Junior kind of explains what's happening. I tell you, being able to interlink with your sister has got real convenient. Shelly takes this chance to dunk on her sister, suggesting Mary has too many random thoughts. The matter is further complicated when an offended Mary stands up and declares that she can't help it. She's a human not a realian. So humans can jack their brains into ro- into machines. Humans are ribbon cabling, serial porting into machines. Is this what they were talking about? Where Hammer likes to use the manual controls, like this? Can you na- for navigation? You think Hammer's plugged in? No, we haven't seen Hammer plugged into shit. No, no he said that he likes to use manual controls. Oh, as opposed and to Tony this? was like, "Why didn't you jack it in?" Did Tony specifically specifically say jack it in? He said interlink. Okay. Or a link or something. He used he used some similar terminology. That is that's an interesting connection, Chris. Do you think Hammer is a human a humanist, a purist? Let me do it my way. No AI shit. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, he doesn't use cruise control. Mary then asserts that Junior can telepathically talk to Yeah, read it. Kaiser? Yeah. We're humans, not realities. You can telepathically talk to the Kaiser, right, little master? That sounds a lot more convenient to me. You don't need this annoying contraption either. Not really. You're Kaiser. Did I no, type that? No. Did it say Kaiser? It says Kaiser. What the fuck? Yeah, you're Kaiser. 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 Your okay. boss. Boss, whatever. Which, what does that mean? Mary thinks this must be the more convenient, but Junior, like, I really thought I typoed that. Like, I have no, no that fucked me up. No, that's, that's it. They're having a conversation about, like, is it easier to jack into your sister with a wire or to yeah. telepathically communicate with, with your Kaiser by accident? Well, like, those are the two teams here, right? Jack into sister with wire, telepathically communicate with Kaiser. I would rather jack in because I don't want to, like, accidentally neurologically sexed my Kaiser. Yeah, you don't want to you know sex I mean? your Kaiser. Like that would be that would be something I would fuck up and do if I had like the Wi-Fi neural link active. There's this is a core tenet of Xenosaga. Yeah, that, that is the Nothing, driving thesis of this. Well, no, he, it's representative of the, of the core tenet of, of one of the core tenets of this game. Not thematically, but just what this game is is nothing can be simple. No, let's draw it out except for the combat. There's always going to be some sort of jacking. I have to constantly make sure I watch what I'm thinking. Or else I start sending thoughts I don't want to send. 
The whole thing's just as tiring as hell. It'd be easier just to write him a letter. Just then, the bridge door opens and Utik's soldiers flood in. Junior does some John Woo shit and double pistols them all to death. Junior then goes to check on Mary. She's fine, but the action severed her fucking weird head cord. <sighs> Shelly confirms that all the data in the, from the mainframe has been lost. Mary then dusts her ass area off and blames Junior's behavior on all of those cheesy action flicks he keeps watching. Chrissy's also a movie buff. Someone then buzzes in to tell Junior the Utik goons launched their lifeboat. Junior doesn't want to pursue them, however, as long as he knows where the Utik guys are headed. He asks to place a trace request with the UMN Administration Bureau. Chris, do you have to register with the internet government to stalk and track your enemies? Do you, like, he asked the UMN to place a trace on this. Yeah, that's kind of fucked up. You don't even need a warrant? Yeah. Well, he's not an officer of the law, right? Kind of. Okay. So I, I believe we'll learn later Junior's organization was created as like a charitable thing and then they pivoted to business interests that align neatly like with the federations. <laughs> Just like everything, yes. Junior continues barking out orders as he steps over the pile of bodies and exits to the bridge. A crestfallen Mary can't believe how much Junior's personality changes when he's holding a gun. Music, sorrow plays. Chris, is Junior just is Junior Josiah? Is Junior our 2A guy? Do you get more whiffs of Billy or Josiah at this point? Does he have a drinking problem? I, I really think that, uh, who? Jesse? You yeah. Josiah. It's his name. Is that his name? Yeah. It is his name. I don't think Billy or Jesse were 2A guys. I think that Richard Honeywood no, Jesse, represented absolutely. them as, mm, as, as 2A guys. I don't know, man. Like he just threw in that guns don't kill people, I kill people or whatever kind of thing in there. Yeah, but you can see Jesse being a 2A guy. Like, it makes sense. I think that's a good localization for American audiences. Okay. From I, Australian. I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think he's just a gun mage. All right. Shelley lays it out. A lust for conquest and absolute power, and the desire to have a really big gun. I suppose that'd be the standard explanation. <laughs> you don't hold back, do you, Shelley? Although, in Little Master's case, it's probably just a complex about his height. So we have big dick desires and height, small man inferiority complex. Yeah, the comp, the whole compensation LOL joke thing. Okay. Can we, po- <laughs> can we point one thing out here? What? what? Uh, Cliff Racer posted a screenshot of this scene and Junior is extending his hand when he's speaking and you can see his tattoo on his hand. Yeah. Do you know what it says? We'll see it later, but it, yeah, oh. it's... It's 666. Of course. Mark what, the what the fuck else would it be? Well, uh, what the fuck else would it be? But what, what happens when you see a 666? Oh, your Catholic schoolboy shit gets activated? It does, Book of Revelation? I, I, I'm, ask, son? I'm asking you if you are activated. Honestly, that doesn't... I don't think of Bible right now. I just think of people yelling Satan and throwing the devil horns. Okay. But obviously that comes from the number of the beast. Yeah, push it. We Come on, push it. sure? Yeah, I, no, I, it's Catholic. I'm, I'm making sure. Would you? I, I learned about this by hearing about it in a fucking metal song and then learning it was in the Bible and then pulling out my Bible and like being thrilled as hell that it was actually in the Bible. Cool. Catholic schoolboy. Activation. That's number three. Mary agrees, but thinks the little master is, quote, But I think little master's plenty attractive just the way he is. Should we also count a problematic junior Mary? No, never mind. Shelley tells Mary to hurry back. They'll be leaving in two minutes. But Mary takes a second to talk to the player, reassuring us she isn't a pedophile. It's a shame. Little Master doesn't have any choice in the matter but to stay that size. Fade to black. Not a true child, Chris. <sighs> Not a true child. Finally, the truth is revealed. Would you like to reveal the real net? Yes. Initializing real net. Hi, real net. Thanks for... Hopping on tonight and listening to us make a podcast about a video game. 
that you've all probably played. John Doe says, Junior's favorite movie is books. Yeah, true. It's good. John Doe says, Mary is like the personification of what Japan thinks Dallas is. John Doe says, Durandal is the name of the holy sword from that Wagner opera the game keeps referencing. Yeah, we should have yeah. that out. I'm sorry. Correct. John Doe says, Dionysus is the god of alcohol. Put some respect on that name. Grapes. Dill Six Row says, literature pulls are a good way to pad, pad one's first impression. I don't know, man. If if I walk up, gotta play unless cool. I'm in like a book club, maybe. Yeah. Gotta play it cool. Like it, if we were at JRPG Con and I walked around greeting people saying, doth thou seek the power? That's yeah. the only place where that's appropriate. What if you were uh, on a theoretical like um, first date kind of situation and you were opening the Uber door for your date and you said, get Am in I the driving the Uber? No, no, no. You're, you're, get, you're opening the door for your date to get in the Uber. Because we both don't drive. Got it. Yeah. No, because you're, you, you're, you're... We're going to get fucked up. No, you're just... Why is there an Uber? I, I, okay, go ahead. It's not... Okay, a of your car. Thank Sorry, you. excuse me. Yes. And you say, get in the robot, Shinji. <laughs> oh, no. No, then she runs away because that's yeah. the correct response. Yes, yes, yes. Like, I mean... I'm trying to think of... A, a, that, that, that was the point like, there. In this date scenario, if we had discussed watching Evangelion before, then that would be an acceptable thing, but there, yeah. there, that's wrong on like eight different... Yeah. No, dude. Okay. Like, get in the robot, milady. Is where that ends up. Yeah, it's your, you're right. Her mom is driving the Uber. Fuck. <clears throat> Jesse says, Ziggy's A-cab is all cops are bionic. Her mom is the Uber. <laughs> <laughs> Cliff Racer says, uh, Sharon Koff's doing that Zoom call thing where he's pretending he did something and his boss knows he's full of shit. Yeah, like there is so much like I'm trying to appease my master yeah. sensibility. I don't think we really talk, but he's like, he's so excited about this. And then the boss is like, you're a piece of fucking shit. That's a perfect read, having been on both ends of, the, of oh, those that, Zoom calls. Yeah. When you think you've done something special and your boss doesn't care at all. Yes, and uh-huh. vice versa. John Doe says, Albedo is more fucked up than Virgil because we aren't sure that Virgil ate those dudes voluntarily. That's a good point. It could have sure. been just for sustenance or because of addiction. And I do think it's worth reconsidering that argument as time goes on. John Doe says, Utex strikes me as being concerned with the fate of humanity, but only insofar as you have to save humanity in order to rule over humanity. Maybe, but at best, I think they're concerned about the elites of humanity, like upper class only. <sighs> John Doe, I'm going to read this. John Doe says, Junior and Mary have definitely been in an ocean, a star ocean. Can you, can, where's the ban? Can we ban? Uh, right click. Is it God's will or the irony of fate? And still, mankind makes its way where no one has gone before. People say the universe is a star ocean. No, we can't. John Doe, John Doe is, a, is a high percentage of good comments, so we can't ban. John, John Doe can say whatever John Like, Doe I don't wants. actually want to ban John Doe, but that is my initial response to... Jesse says, I like this stage of the game because temporary party members are fun, and for whatever reason, Mary has uh, on-foot stat and a character model in the status page, even though she never leaves her eggs. I'm not shocked. That's interesting. Cliff Racer responds to that and says, honestly, they messed up making Junior the party member. We could have had a Southern Belle riding around in a pink Barbie mech dual-wielding Gundam-ass laser sniper rifles. If you look at the cutting room floor webpage for this, you'll mm-hmm. see there is data for all other kinds of characters that was dummied in or half-cut, including like Jin's house is also fully modeled in this oh, game. Oh, cool. Cliff Racer says, I hate to acknowledge it, but the Zeno character that Junior is most like is Rex from Xenoblade 2. I mostly remember Rex as being kind of a dope with a good heart. Yeah. I stopped thinking about that game almost immediately. <laughs> I don't think. Thanks, RealNet, for joining us tonight. We'll see you on the next episode of Retrograde Amnesia. 
This episode is a production of Retrograde Amnesia, recorded on September 25th, 2023. You can reach us by email, podcast at retrogradeamnesia.com. Find us on cohost.org slash retroam. You can listen to this podcast on YouTube. Leave hey, comments there. Fucking Blue Sky account now. Yeah, I got that. It's coming up, Eric. Don't worry. Go to patreon.com slash retroam to support us. We're now on Blue Sky. What's the, what's the thing for that? Blue Sky. I DM'd it to you. Bluesky.com slash retroam. Is that what it is? I think it's just retrograde amnesia, like period. Oh, really? Yeah, I think I got that. I debated having like the same across all, but I thought retrograde amnesia was too good. To oh, yeah, you got to take that. Yeah, it is retrograde amnesia on Blue Sky, which I haven't Great. logged into yet. I don't know how that works. Also, I have written down here, Twitter is so bad. <laughs> have you been on Twitter? It's so bad. Uh, but we're there at Retro Amnesia Pod. Until next time, uh, thank you, Mark. Mark Shepard. Thank you, Mark Shepard, for the introductory music. Brad, you're welcome. Okay, I got another one. And thank you to World Sin for the podcast artwork. Until next time, Eric. Yes, we will kill God. And now you may go back to sleep. Save the podcast. Stomach pains. <laughs> diarrhea. Double sniper. Sniper. That's all. <laughs> but he's not starving and dive. Fuck that. Dank McCoy described her in the uh, in our Discord as a goth princess. You're thinking of Shelly. Fuck. Yeah. Okay. Cut that. I'll say swing it. and a miss. Chris. I'll say it again later. Yeah. Credit Dank where credits due, man. I wrote it in my notes. You son of a bitch. And I didn't. It's not here. You non-goth respecting asshole. I'm not in my game. I can't see good today. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> it really is affecting you. No, that was just me fucking up. Those people legitimately scare me. Yeah, but you know they're not that much different than you know people who make a podcast about Japanese role playing games in terms of like. Uh, okay, you know what? We are more well adjusted than Disney adults. I think. Yeah. Is there anything? I'm not better than them as, at being humans, but no, not necessarily. That is I'm, a, a sicker hobby, I think. I think you're right because you are not necessarily. You're not in it for the art. You're in it for the intellectual property. I think is the way to say it. I think so. You may know her from Dot Hack is Elk and Suka and Powering. In Xenosaga, Kirschwasser is also the nickname for the 99 series Observational Reality and Experimental Test Model built for like Nita Chris just said that. Forget such things from the bouncer. Yeah. CR2 episode, two, two and a half hour. Ep- fuck. Storm. There's, hey. Oh, sorry. There's, I'm going to delete this anyway. It doesn't matter. Okay. There's no trace of anything ever. Okay. Let's also not point. Are we going to. I want Mary to hold his hand like mom. <laughs> okay. Stuff you write and forget you wrote it. The goddamn a second button. course wish. Push the button. Which one is it? This. Let me ask my producer, Chris. Help yourself, man. <laughs>